Hello, hello, and welcome to Art House Garage, the snob-free film podcast where we make art house, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Sweatman, and this is another interview episode, so it is shorter than most episodes. Uh, recently at Filmland 2022 here in Little Rock, I had the pleasure of doing some interviews, and this one is a name you may not recognize, but you definitely have seen his work. His name is Mark Irwin. He's the director of photography behind a ton of films like The Fly, Videodrome, Scanners, Scream, uh, but also comedies like There's Something About Mary and Old School and some of the American Pie movies. So he has a ton of credits. If you look at his page on IMDb, he came to Filmland. They screened There's Something About Mary. He also participated in some filmmaker workshops, which we asked him about in the interview you're about to hear. So we talked all about what it's like collaborating with a director, the differences between shooting horror and comedy, and what his experience of the festival was like. This interview was recorded in kind of a large room, press conference style, so there were multiple people asking questions. So you'll hear my voice, and you'll also hear Al Topich. He is a film writer for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And because I didn't record it on my usual microphone, it doesn't sound quite as good as usual, but it sounds fine. Uh, I ended up using my phone for parts of it and kind of pieced it all together. So uh, audio is not perfect, but it's fine. All right, here is my interview with director of photography, Mark Irwin. So for, for, the, uh, for my readers that aren't like too film savvy, could you kind of describe what, what a cinematographer is? Oh, that's very simple. If, if I were to uh, look at a film, I would see that it was directed by someone, and that's the director who directs primarily the actors with a script that a writer has written on a production that a producer has produced. But when it comes to physically shooting the film with a camera and cho- choosing lenses and running a lighting crew and a grip crew, also known as a staging crew, a visual effects crew, a data management crew, a special effects crew, that is the job of the cinematographer. Now, it sounds like a big pyramid of stuff, and it is. The trouble, or the, the truth, about cinematography is that it's what I call art with a stopwatch. Because <laughs> there's only so much time and so much money to do so much. And usually people want to do more than just that much. And the director, well, I was thinking maybe, oh, you know, suddenly things are getting bigger and bigger. So that is my job, to get the film shot on a daily basis, on time and on budget, and make it look good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a production standpoint, if they have enough money, they'll make it look good no matter what. And kind of like James Cameron, or um, forgive me because I'm blanking on his name, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Peter, Jackson. Peter Jackson, yeah. These guys kind of invent uh, this level of filmmaking and everyone leaps to it and goes mm-hmm. beyond. Yeah. Uh, so I've done many, 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 many kinds of film. Uh, romance, uh, Jackie Chan in Hong Kong, uh, Scream, Robocop, uh, Mighty Ducks, all kinds of, all so kinds of stuff. You grew up as a big horror fan when I was a kid. I've seen a lot of the stuff you shot with, the, like Cronenberg, yep. things like that. But one of my favorite mm-hmm. things is uh, the Blob. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know you mentioned having to work with like special effects. Uh, so how, how closely do you work with like the special effects artist team? Because there's a lot of amazing practical yeah. stuff in that movie. And Tony Gardner did a lot of it. Uh, some of the Blob was uh, just this is nothing to 
to share it with your audience or whatever or readers, but some of the blob was actually silk on a, on a fan, so it would shimmer and, and move like that. So in terms of stunts, they weren't dealing with the big vat of gooey stuff. Oh. A lot of the mo motorcycle stunts looked like he was going to hit the blob, and there was no CG. Everything was legit, straight up on the set. So we came up with these different ideas. Um, what it is, and people obviously know this, they don't think the way a cinematographer does, that everything that you see that has a color or a sheen or a reflection is exactly that. It's reflecting the light falling upon it. So I, I have to take something that's phony to the eye and make it look real to the camera. And if I deal with the, the special effects department, whether it's um, Chris Wallace turning Seth Brundle, also known as Jeff Goldblum, into a, a, a fly of various stages, that's my job to make not only make it look real, like it doesn't look like applied rubber, but it also is uh, part of the character. It's, it's poignant. It, it isn't just something gooey and let's watch something else. I have to draw people in to the character of this, uh, of the character of the character with lighting. And if it's covered with special effects, I have to enhance it rather than try to flag it, which means darken it or, or frame it out. So it's kind of a tightrope. It was certainly in terms of the fly, which was 36 years ago, that was a big thing. Now it's a lot simpler. You can see the end result more or less right there on the set with a, uh, an HD monitor, and you can make your adjustments on set, and then afterward you can change a lot that you could never do before. On film, if, it, if you shot it this way, that's the way it was going to look. You couldn't do much more to it um, unless you had a whole lot of money. Right. So the cinematographer's job is, and I, I, were you in that little talk session? No, I was okay. It was very simple. For me, it's, should this be running, by the way? It just says 49 the whole time. I, I think it is. Let me double check. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. It's gone. Okay. There it just blacks out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> the director, I, it's, to me, it's all about the application of the term software and hardware, which it can be used for many things, military hardware, whatever. But in this case, filmmaking hardware is miles of trucks and cable and people with, with uh, power tools and ladders and lights and electric junction boxes. On the other side of that is the software, where a director is talking to an actor and trying to find the mood and set the mood and carry the, the character through the scene or through the whole movie. In this scene, your puppy dies and, you know, whatever. And so the last thing this moment needs is a lot of clanging and banging. So th those mechanics will never go away, and that's my job, to have that all in my back pocket. And I feel like I'm the guy at this, in this curtain, this barrier, saying, you stay back there, and, and here is a warm, a warm and fuzzy and uh, kind of evolving place. Because quite often, directors are dealing with actors who don't understand the character, or they, they have to be taken further. Uh, sometimes, and one director I worked with, a real old-timer was working with a young actress who was portraying Patty Duke, uh, of, of her story of her life, and this is a young girl. And on cue, she kept crying on these lines. She burst into tears, take one, take two. And finally, the director said, cut, okay, this is good. I don't want you to cry. I want you to make me cry. Oh. <laughs> and people don't see it that way, yeah. or sometimes don't. So I want to make sure that that moment, that turn, of, of uh, whether it's just an opinion that he's couched and said, oh, yeah. okay, how about this? 
or if it really is a moment of revelation, I want that to be uh, in a place that will support them. And I'm sure you've seen pictures of film sets, if not been on them. And there's a lot of Sturm und Drang, noise and thunder, and it's, it's dangerous to, for something that is... I do a lot of... Recently, I've been doing a lot of films with, with kids, and they, they are literally learning their lines. They're learning how to read, you know, a seven-year-old, six-year-old. So we have to... That's my job, to keep the machinery behind. I tell my guys, I know there's foot candles and there's pixels and there's uh, look-up tables. There's all kinds of things. Don't talk about it. They don't need to know that. And the worst thing I've had directly... We don't have enough foot candles? What's going on? I'm like, no, no, no. I, I don't want that inside your head. I want you inside your head. I don't know if that answered things. No, <laughs> Somewhat related, I was going to ask, just when you're signing on to a new project, because you, yeah, you've done so many different things, do is there a collaborative process that happens with the director, say, what's the look of this film going to be like? Do they turn to you for guidance on that, or do they come with their own ideas, or, or what's that collaboration like? It used to be that a director and a, and a cinematographer would have, uh, we, could, we would jokingly call it the look talk. We've got to mm. talk about the look of this film. And this was way before the internet where you compiling pictures was a thing. Uh, you know, you have all these stacks of, of uh, books, hardcover mm -hmm. books. A, lo a lot of people do create storyboards and things called lookbooks. And there's a, uh, a website called Shot Deck that has clips from every kind of movie imaginable. And they're not anonymous films. They're big name movies, Oblivion, you know, anything and everything. And people will compile their look from that. I'm never comfortable with that because I see my mind being either warped into someone else's view of what looks good or being told, you can't do this, can't afford it. And mm -hmm. so I've, I'm someone who's been taking pictures as a photographer my whole life. I'm 72 years old and I started taking pictures at age five. And that's what you do. Some people, you know, Mozart was composing concertos when he was 11. You know, mm. it's what it is. I'm not saying I'm a Mozart, but I <laughs> always like putting things in a box. And that's what, you know, dancers go all over the stage, and I like putting the dancers inside my frame. Mm. So when it comes to a look of something, I'd rather that evolved in line with the, the script. And I'll talk it forward. Maybe the director and I will go for a, a location survey or a location scout, or just get inspired. And quite often what people, I remember being on a bus with other kids on my lacrosse team coming back from, I grew up in Toronto, uh, from a lacrosse match in Chatham, Ontario, going over the Burlington Skyway Bridge. I'm nine years old and I'm looking out the window at the bay. And I said, look at that, whoa, look at that. And it was some water shimmering in one spot. And all my buddies, it's just water. What are you talking about? No, but the, see that with the, what are you talking about? Some directors, uh, most directors don't see it that way. They say, yeah, you're, oh, wow, what is that? And they lean into something, which is a vision. And it's funny, there are two uses of the term POV. We all know, I think, point of view. There is a mechanical, almost medical fact that we all have. And I'll ask you to do this. Put your finger in front of your eye and go up and down really quickly. Can you still see me? You do it too. Mm -hmm. That's called persistence of vision, POV. And that is that medical process that allows our vision to process a moving image. 
while the image moves, there's a shutter that allows it to move. So it's constantly flickering and our brain says, I'm seeing smooth motion, nothing flickering. That is what POV means, persistence of vision. To me, it means keeping your, your, your vision, your, your lighting and shooting plan with all this chaos going on. And it is a lot of chaos. There'll be someone with a walkie-talkie and a radio and a, skull, and a producer saying, hey, how are you feeling? Like looking at his watch. I know how I'm feeling and it's not in your watch. But you know, <laughs> I get it. I need to keep that persistence of vision. And that's, I don't know if you remember the Ed Sullivan show, but they used to have, he used to have guys who would variety, like vaudeville performers, and they would spin plates on sticks. It was just this act. But he'd, he'd keep it all going, keep it all, keep all the balls in the air. And that's kind of my job. And so when it comes to uh, having a director who has that look, I know once the actors and the shooting starts, the actors have demands. His vision is it's going to be harder um, to share with me. His vision now is kind of a collective one. And I liken it to a relay race, that the director will block a scene, he gives the baton to me, and I run around with it, light the set, get it ready, hand it to the first assistant director who corrals all the actors and everybody, and then he gives it back to the director and we roll. And it, it is that simple, but it can be made complicated. I think that's my biggest peeve that people make simple things complicated. Yeah. Just so, hey, I got the solution here. Okay, really? We've made it complicated so you can be the hero? I don't see it that way, but that's just me. That's great. I was curious too. So we talked about how many different genres you've worked in and all of that. So tonight, uh, screening. There's something about Mary. What is it about a comedy you think that sets apart? Like, what do you, what do you, how to, to shoot a comedy? What's different than other genres in your mind? That's what's intriguing about comedy. Um, in terms of lighting, I don't change a thing. I mean, I don't light it like a horror film. But if there's a scene in a cafe, or someone with hair gel on their hair. In a bar, I'm not going to make it look funny, funny, funny lighting, bright colors lighting. It's not a sitcom. So to me, the, the pace, the framing, uh, certainly the uh, editing, when Ben is looking at her hair, <clears throat> you know, and we, we, we're waiting as long as we can to cut to her hair, those are the kind of comedic setups that are part and parcel with telling a, telling a funny story. The hard part for me is to... Um, kind of corral directors to keep it normal. And I frequently tell directors, do you do realize that the man who shot The Godfather also shot Annie Hall? And they both are more or less the same. He didn't use gangster lighting on Annie Hall. He didn't look, use funny lighting. It's just consistent. So when if you're in a room that's lit by a lamp or a window or there's someone on a laptop, that's what lights it. The framing can be... I don't want to say it can be customized to be funny. Quite often, a funny, in-your-face kind of comedy thing is to put a wide-angle lens close to someone's face mm -hmm. and distort their nose and all that stuff. And that's cut more vaudeville and, and circus than, than um, the Fairley Brothers. Mm -hmm. They would find situational things and turn it on its head. And that, I think, that was funny. Um, I, I, was, I did a lot of Second City when I lived in Toronto. Uh, that's where I'm from. And so, you know, as a freelance cameraman, you wouldn't just do one thing. And tomorrow's another horror film. Like, no, let's keep doing other stuff. Um, and that keeps the, the perspective alive. But a lot of people can look at Mr. Bean and say, I don't get it. I don't get it. And some people will 
listen to Jimmy Kimmel and say, that guy's funny, so nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. Comedy's by far the hardest thing to shoot. Really? Absolutely the hardest. Because yeah. everyone has opinion on what's funny and not everything's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about your experience at Filmland and the great job the American Cinema Society has done at the Arkansas Cinema Society? Okay, I want to be sure. <laughs> Just getting to rub shoulders with David Arquette. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> no, this is very unique. It, it is, uh, I lecture, I'm a member of the American Society of Cinematographers. We have a very, very old clubhouse. It's kind of a, a beacon for all cinematographers in the world. And we have master classes and a lot of very um, <clears throat> important stuff. And I, I like things that are a little less formal and a little more uh, open and a, a wider, I guess, a varied um, curriculum, of, you know, the plan for a three-day weekend with all these great ideas and great people. So it's that blend and combination rather than a collision or somebody giving a long speech about uh, foot candles. That this, is, this is quite a good synergy of all that that is, is real and is real to everyone who who's a part of it. Did I put all my feet in all my mouth, in my one mouth at that point? That's good, yeah. Thanks. La prochaine, oui? Okay, merci. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Okay.